Kept it in case we wanted it at any point. I won't bother linking to no. that. <laughs> I think I just, I think I just saved it. In case. That's the sound of EJ and Cece and I realizing that the uh, Instagram for Talking Tesla has zero followers and zero posts. You're welcome. Uh, we got together today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in order to move Elon Daily over into Talking Tesla. So we've done all of the work on the various uh, places. And so hopefully it'll all propagate correctly. I will post on both Elon Daily and Talking Tesla for a little while, and then I will kill Elon Daily. And you will find it from now on at the Talking Tesla uh, iTunes site. And then twice a month, well, once a month, we'll have the big show with the boys. And then we'll continue doing another show for our wonderful patrons from Patreon. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, boys. It's a big day, huge, large day, massive day. But let's talk about Tesla. Obviously, in the last few days, we've been talking a lot about um, Model S range. So the new S, through upgrades to the motors, which are going to be more like the Model 3 motors, is going to have 370 miles range. Well, Electric is reporting that Tesla battery supplier Panasonic is considering switching from 18650 cell production to 2170 cells in their Japanese plant. Remember that the 18650 cell is in S and X, but the 2170, the newer one, which is a little bigger and higher energy density and can charge faster, is in the Model 3. And that's why the Model 3 can charge at 250 kilowatts, but even um, the Model S and X can only charge at 200 kilowatts on a V3 supercharger. So Panasonic sounds like by the end of the year going to move over that production of the 18650s to the 2170s. And surely that means, we hope that it means, we think that it means that S and X will get those 2170 cells. And this will do two things. It'll allow you to charge the car faster, which is always good at a V3 supercharger. But also because of the increased energy density, if they want, surely they could put in more range. So we might see, we might see an over 400 mile range Model S in the not too distant future. I think, you know, you know me, I love the idea of having a four or even 500 mile range car. Now, that's obviously expensive, and frankly, most of the time, that's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy, and it's a waste of battery, and it's a waste of expense, because you really don't need it the vast majority of the time. But when you do, so delicious, right? Particularly here, and in California, we have superchargers everywhere, but sometimes they're just impacted. So the idea of being able to drive from San Francisco to LA and uh, be able to do it at full freeway speeds with the air conditioner on with a couple of people in the car and not having to stop or just stopping for poos and wheeze and bypassing a supercharger because maybe they're too full because there's so many threes and S's and X's out there. That would be a good thing. And the other way this comes up or time this comes up is when you're going into the deepest, darkest away from the supercharger places. And still here in California, again, with all of these superchargers, there are places, particularly in the national forests, that you know are quite a long way from the nearest supercharger. And so having that kind of range for certain people for certain trips would be a really good thing. Now, in the future as we have robocars, it would really make sense to have some of those have very long range so that you could basically say, well, today I'm going to drive to the middle of Yellowstone or somewhere more remote and I really need a car that gets five or 600 miles range. So today I'll take the S with the gigantic battery. So all of this is good. It's also good when you've got uh, the 2170s and you've got a bigger battery because remember, it charges really fast 
to 50%, ran pretty fast from 50% to 80%, but it slows right down after that. So if your 80% charge is still 400 miles range, sweet. So we have no idea, really, if they're going to put these uh, new cells into the uh, S and X, but it seems to me that you can't really have faster rate of charge on the cheaper car, on the Model 3, for too long. It, it seems to me that you have to update that in the S and X as well because you're paying so much more for it, and then you're like, oh, it doesn't charge as fast as a 3? Bummer. So I'm sure that'll happen once they can get battery capacity up, I mean battery production up, because they have been cell-constrained for quite a while. And we've got some good news coming out of Colorado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and I know how you hate it when I say that, but you know how uh, people are icing superchargers for whatever silly reason, parking there on purpose or because they just don't care or because they're trying to make some statement about how they really like to burn fossil fuels. I don't know what it is, but in Colorado Bill HB 19-1298 awaits a final vote. It would penalize people for icing EV charging spots. And it's just super unfortunate that we have to start passing laws like this because there's a small number of people who want to act like tools. But now at least you can say, well, what you're doing is illegal, and let's just call the police so they can come and give you a nice fine. Uh, Other states are doing this as well. I don't know uh, what stage in the process they're at. But uh, it is a pain, and it makes me infuriated. And I've really been worried about that uh, basically fights could break out. Like you're trying to get the kids back from the vacation and they're sick, or you're trying to go to the hospital, you need to charge up or whatever it is. And some tool has taken their truck and parked it across three or four of the superchargers so you can't get at them. This is a disaster waiting to happen. So I'm glad we've got some movement here, at least in Colorado. So you can get stoned while you take pictures of people icing the superchargers and call the cops. Yoo-hoo. We've also obviously been talking a lot about the fact that Elon has been saying full self-driving, feature complete this year, going to have robo-taxis by next year, depending on if the uh, legislatures let them do that. And I've been like, "Ah, we'll see about that. Today, I took my car for a pretty long drive, about 30 miles, and I did it on autopilot, navigate by autopilot, and let it change lanes by itself. And i got to say, it did that 30 miles and changed freeways pretty, pretty well. It's still not perfect, and you obviously have to be in charge. But it's pretty good. On drives like that, you start to see how good Tesla is. Now, there are still times when somebody comes over and it wants to hit the brake too hard. You know, when you're next to a truck, you, the person, will tend to move away from these big giant semi-trailers because you know they bump around. And if they bump you, you're in serious trouble. So most of us sort of move over to the side to get a little away from the truck as uh, we're passing, for example. That's the kind of stuff that I think uh, they'll, they'll be able to train very well. It seems to me absolutely inevitable. When I've been thinking about that presentation again, it is absolutely inevitable with those kind of neural networks that if you continue to feed them data of driving and how to drive, that they just have to become better than humans over time. They have an infinite memory and an infinite speed, basically, by adding all of these clusters together. So, you know, they are going to get better than humans. And uh, if Elon's right, that will happen really, really quickly. And I'm excited about it because there's about 40,000 people just in the U.S. alone die from car accidents. And with this technology, if we can significantly reduce that, that would be stunning. That would be a public health win a big public health win if we could reduce that substantially with self-driving trucks and self-driving cars. Huge. It's still a dangerous time, though, because when Tesla does start having them out there, there will be accidents. It's not going to take it to zero. There will be accidents, and just like with autopilot, it's going to hit the news. Even though there'll be 10,000 people killed that quarter, if there's one person killed in a Tesla, 
that's been uh, fully self-driving, then everybody's going to hear about it. You know, it's just the way it is. And finally for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's talk a little bit about e-bicycles. So electric bicycles have been sort of a big deal here in the US. I don't know if they've taken off in other countries. I think because lithium technology, iron technology, the distances these things can go now and their cost has come down. So I bought one a couple of years ago. It's a German company. I can't remember the name of it. But it's just been a blast. It's got a range of my bike of about 25 miles. And I love to take it up into the hills because I'm not a bike rider per se. But as a way to sort of get out um, into some of the dirt tracks that are up behind where I live here in Los Angeles. It's really fun. It's a super long walk. But on one of these e-bikes, it makes it so much easier to get out there. There's a new one that I thought we should talk about. And this is from Electric. And it's by Eric. I think his name is Buell. He's a former Harley-Davidson engineer. And they've got this thing called the Fuel Liquid Electric Bicycle. And this thing looks pretty sweet. You can go check it out on electric. But basically, this thing has a range of 125 miles. It has a top speed of up to 28 miles an hour. It has an integrated 900 lumen light. It's got suspension. It's got great torque. It's got a carbon belt instead of a train drive, which supposedly reduces maintenance and increases efficiency. But anyway, it's just another one of what are and growing field of e-bikes here in the United States, and as I say, I'm sure in the rest of the world. This one, you can only get it right now by going on to Indiegogo, which sometimes works out. You know, I used to do a lot of uh, that crowdsourcing stuff, and you know, I would say 50% of the time I ended up getting any product at the end of it. But he's got a pretty big name, so uh, this is probably a safe bet. And if you do that, you get about 30% off right now. We have no association with this group at all, but it looks pretty cool. And they also have a motorbike, and that thing looks like from back to the future. It's amazing looking. And I should say the price of these things are coming in around $3,000, which seems to be like the number for so many e-bikes, about $3,000. You can get them a lot cheaper. You can get them under $1,000, and you can spend $10,000. But this one seems for $3,000 pretty good 125 miles range what the what so there you have it ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh talking tesla elon daily coming together Whoop. so elon daily is going to start showing up in the talking tesla feed and then at some point i will kill the elon daily feed i'll keep it going for a little while so people can move on over but uh, it's exciting times it's huge it's big it's large it will allow us to have a daily podcast and then these two much bigger podcasts, and then we'll have uh, Tom and Robert uh, involved with all the social media and all the other stuff. Look, it's just going to be bigger than Ben-Hur's bottom. Yeah, he had a big bottom. Mel Herbert here for Elon Daily. Talk to you. Manana.